In today's episode, I'm talking to Lauren Maidwell from Auntie Bellum's Cabin Rentals in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. We're talking about making the business fun, office hamsters, the running snack cabinet, and how happy guests are the cornerstone of a successful business, and so much more. This is such a great conversation, and you're going to really enjoy it. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you once again. I've got a great interview this week for you. It runs to almost 55 minutes, so I'm not going to take up much time at all with an introduction, except to say that it's taken a while to get Lauren Madewell from Auntie Bellum's Cabin Rentals on the show. I have seen her in so many places on LinkedIn, on other podcasts and on TikTok videos she creates some great TikTok videos and reels, and she's out there in many places at the moment. Yet, Lauren did not really get into networking and doing all this until she went to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in 2021. So it was only a little under two years ago that that Lauren appeared on the scene, but she's making a huge mark on this business. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So I am so excited to have Lauren Madewell from Auntie Bellum's Cabin Rentals here with me today. And I have to say, I just mentioned this to Lauren. I said, I am really late onto the Lauren Madewell bandwagon because I hear nothing but Lauren Madewell in podcasts, in articles, on LinkedIn posts. You're really making a huge mark. And I am so honoured that you've taken the time to come and spend some time with me today, Lauren. Thank you and welcome. Oh my gosh, please. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here talking to you, getting to meet you finally. <laughs> well, you are the new face of property management. At least that, that's that's what I'm seeing. And it's what a lot of people are saying. And we're at this point, aren't we, where there seem to be these two camps. There's the traditional property managers, and then there's the what somebody termed the neurus, the new people coming on board that don't think they need to know anything about what's happened before. And then there's you. <laughs> and you yeah. seem to be straddling that. You know, you come into the business with huge amounts of enthusiasm and motivation, but also knowledge that you've gained from your past, from family, and because the business has been around for a long time. So that's what we want to explore today. You're bringing fun back into this business, and we're going to be hearing about it. So tell us how you got into it. Because I read that you were doing air traffic control at one point. You trained to be an air traffic controller. How the heck did you get from there to here? Yeah. So my gut is to say it was easy, but when I look back on everything, I, it's just easy to see that there were so many different forces and factors in my life propelling that decision at a rapid pace. My high school years and my college years, they were, they were just on autopilot. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was playing sports. I was making good grade. I was just truly on autopilot. And I grew up just south of Atlanta which is a, a very busy airport and airspace. And so a lot of the kids I went to school with, their parents were controllers. It takes a certain personality type. And because I was an athlete, everybody knew me. They saw that personality type in me and they directed me to, to do that. And I liked it because it was specific. It wasn't vague. It was going to be a government job and the pay was just going to be incredible. And the retirement was going to come quickly. So like, okay, they're telling me I'm going to be great at this. Yeah, I'm going to do this. And so I pursued it. There was a there was a college in Georgia. I lucked up. It wasn't too, too far from home, just a few hours. So yeah, graduated with my degree in air traffic controlling, but pretty much simultaneous to 
graduating, my, my dad had inherited the business, Auntie Bellum's Cabin Rentals, from a cousin to only two years prior. Mm-hmm. Simultaneous to my graduating, he moved to Tennessee full time to um, take over the family business. He fell in love with it. He left his old job to do that 100% of the time. And so I was graduating with the degree I was just not interested in at all. Like I knew I'm just smart and I got my degree, but I probably should not have been a controller. So I was like dealing with that. My dad had just moved to Tennessee. The mountains were beautiful. I was very interested in being with him. I'd always been interested in the business ever since his cousin owned it. And I w- and then I was heartbroken. I had just come out of the closet. So I was looking to start new, start fresh, and the opportunity to leave everything behind and move to these mountains and work with my dad at a company that you know, it was well established and he just wanted to make it better. It was just mm-hmm. irresistible. And so I did it without looking back. No, no regrets at all. In a f- couple years in, I took a year off with his blessing to spread my wings. Is this one of what I want to do? Do I want to do something else? I call it my sabbatical. And after a year, I was, it was just a no brainer. I was like, I love the job. I love the people. I love the mountains. I want to bury my bones here in Tennessee <sighs> and work the rest of my life doing vacation rentals. It was truly like one morning I woke up and I'm like, what am I doing? Texted my dad, will you have me back? And I've just been full force ahead ever since. That is a fabulous story. I love it. I love it. I always love to hear people that are following their passion, doing what they absolutely love to do. I'm guessing you don't get up on a Monday morning and hope that it's going to be Friday soon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not not like everybody else. I have had my weeks, please. <laughs> I have had my weeks. They happen more than you would think. But I, I know I, I look forward to coming to work most days. Absolutely. Even when I'm in a grumpy mood, it's not because I've got to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. So so tell us about um, Auntie Bellums itself. You know, it's been going for how long? Bef- how long was it before your dad inherited it? So he inherited it in 2009. So he's had it for 14 years now. And it's a 29-year-old family-owned and operated business. Wow. It, it started off as just a little Auntie Bellum's general store. It was so cute. I can experience it when I close my eyes and think of it. The smells, the, 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 the toys, the candies, all the stuff they had there, uh, the cute little cabin that it was in. And then that was her family, my dad's cousin's family. Then she got her real estate license and she was doing realty. And so being in that area, Realty almost immediately became cabin rentals. And then she bought out her family and then turned it into cabin rentals. And then in 2009, yeah, that's when she passed away and uh, left it to my dad in the will. Wow. So what makes it, it, it sounds like it's a really different company. There are so many companies in your area. I mean, it's, yes. it's hugely competitive. What stands it out? What makes it different? I, I would, I had to say like our people hands down it's it's our people like when you ask that i i just see the faces of my employees and it's our people because we really nurture the environment of everybody caring for each other like first and foremost learn how to care about each other uh, professionally we encourage personally just rely on each other you work together to understand each other's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. so that we can play to those and we all accomplish the job together and not not only together, but because of the, you know, the environment we're nurturing, get the job done with class and get the job done with respect. And when you're all doing that together, it makes the job easier. It makes it more instinctual. And your homeowners are directly <laughs> benefiting from that. And when your employees are happy and your homeowners are happy and cared for, your guests directly benefit from that. And so it's our employees. And, you know, we really are trying to hire for the long term. Like a lot of our employees have been with us for 20 years. A few more have been with us for 15 plus, and then several more, three, four, five. We're giving them a place to settle down. Full benefits, health insurance, dental insurance, simple IRAs, we match up to 3%. Like we're, we're helping to build their future here so that they feel that comfort, that confidence, that respect, that appreciation, and they they want to stay, they want to go in, and of course, 
the more time they're there, the better they get at the jobs. And then again, your homeowners and your guests benefit from it. So, you know, sometimes you have to weed out people mm-hmm. to create the best teams. And uh, but it's it's always been the people. Um, even when it's not a good hire, you learn so much from that to bring in the right person. Your passion for your people is so clear. And, and I love the way that you talk about it, that that's where it stems from. When I'm asking you the question about what makes it unique, I'm thinking about your guests and then you come straight in and start talking about your people. And that's where it starts from. And that is, that is a terrific take on it. In my company, we got our first employee in about 2008, I think, mm-hmm. and she's still there. Sold, awesome. <laughs> sold the company 18 months ago and she's still there. And yes. every other employee that we took on, they're still there too. The, I love to hear that. the only one that isn't is my virtual assistant in the Philippines who was there for seven years, nine years. And I, Whoa. but she's now back with me. <laughs> so, she's with you? Oh, that's cool. That's so awesome. we poached her back. And I love it. So, so yes, you know, I, I so agree that people are everything. And if you have somebody in a role that's not, you know, they're, they're not interested in that role or they're just seeing it as a means to an end and that end is not relevant to the business, then it's not going to be a right match. I learned a lot about this before I spoke to you. I say I learned a lot because you just have, like all of us, just have one or two pages in the book Vacation Rental Secrets that was produced by uh, Brooke Fouts from Vintori. (laughs) Yes, if you're watching on YouTube, there we are. I will put a link in the description so that uh, you can go get your copy. It, It was when I read your top 10 mistakes and three of them were focusing really on your culture and on your people. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was so good. So I, you know, I have to talk about that a little bit more since we're on that topic. You said not getting an espresso machine for the office sooner. Enough said, I'm guessing, you know, that's, that's you or is that because you need to pick everybody's <laughs> motivation up first thing in the morning? All of the above. It's, <laughs> it's helped curb the Red Bull intake and I do care about their health. It's helped curb Red Bull intake. I I have genuinely enjoyed helping my, I I love coffee, like one of my true joys in life. I have loved helping my coworkers and employees evolve their taste for decent coffee. Um, You no longer see vanilla Dunkin' Donuts anymore. We're, (laughs) We're bringing in better coffee, sometimes beans. I don't know. It's just, I love coffee. I wanted to share good coffee with the office, get their uh, juices flowing. Some, my dad who swears he doesn't like coffee, loves espresso. Tell me that how that works. That makes just no, no sense. It's like the coffee is coffee. There is espresso. I don't know. It just, uh, yeah, it was a a pick me up. It was fun. And it's just a gesture, you know? And while we're on that topic, we've got to just cover off the, the, uh, the live plants and the office hamster as well. We always had a dog in our office. There was always a a golden retriever under the desk. I now have a German shepherd under my desk. So, (laughs) What's your German shepherd's name? Britta. Britta. She was, yeah, she came from Egypt. She was a rescue from Cairo, a rooftop in Cairo, in fact, which is where she was found. And she made her way to Canada and into our hearts. So how interesting. (laughs) So how how did your hamster find its way to you? Um, well, the, the first hamster, because we're on our second right now. <laughs> yeah, they don't last very long, do they? No, about topping out about three years. So Gerald, our current hamster, he's going, he has, uh, he ha- we have almost mourned his loss many a times, but that sucker's still going. Um, but the first one was Annie, just like a playoff of so many of us don't enunciate the T and antebellums, it's antebellums. And so we just called her Annie. But she, um, m- one of my maintenance men, Dan, he he discovered her in a cabin and brought her back. And uh, we called like the past three guests and left voicemails and nobody called back for her. So, you know, <laughs> you know, some dad was just like, I'm, I don't know where that thing went. And I'm, I'm not telling my family that they ever called about this. And so our one of our maintenance guys, Kyle, f- fell in love with it because we were taking care of it. We didn't exactly know what to do about it. He fell in love with it. He offered to take it home. And when he offered to take it home, 
the rest of the office piped up and they were like, but we love this thing. So that exact day, we just sent somebody to the pet store with the company credit card (laughs) and said, (laughs) get a hamster complex, get some treats, get everything they need. And one of those balls so that can roll around the room and under our desk and trip us and stuff. So that was Annie. She passed away, I think, two, like two summers ago. And then within a couple of days, we went and got Gerald because we couldn't stand not having a little furry creature running around and we like the midget hamsters like the russian um or or, or dwarf the russian dwarf hamsters and uh because they're 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 tiny they're, their poops are tiny uh <laughs> they're kind of non-invasive and it's just so much fun seeing that ball roll around the office our guests get tickled by it when they see it the homeowners get tickled by it vendors will come in and ask to see it one of our homeowners stopped by uh with her kids at the beginning of the summer and then proceeded to give their kids like the best summer of their lives. And the other week at school, when the kid got up in front of class to say what his favorite part of the summer was, he was like, that one time I was at an office and I played with the hamster. That was his favorite part of the summer. <laughs> so it's just been like everybody loves it. And I've told this story, too, that once upon a time we genuinely considered getting a punching bag, which is just so trashy to say, but when to go get our frustrations out, but having that hamster instead of a punching bag to just like love on and, and kiss is um, a much, a much more positive substitute. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you said in your piece in the, um, the, the book, plants and a hamster have made us a better hospitality company. And I think you've probably really said it all because it's, it, it all, it, again, it's that knock on, is it through your staff being happier and having something to cuddle on rather than something to punch? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what do you, you know, what do you have at home? Plants, animals, and your favorite coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so you keep your staff happy. That's, that's fantastic. I want to move on to your guests. How do you keep your guests excited? One of the things that really bothers me, Lauren, and I've experienced it in the last five trips I've been to vacation rentals. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them has happily taken my money and sent me a confirmation and then nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing until the yep. day I arrive or maybe the day before when I get the key. Yeah. What do and you do? It, it, I was going to say the whole week up, you're like questioning, did I actually book that place? Ex- exactly. And and the last five times I have done that, I've got in touch with them and I said, hey, um, it's me. I'm coming yep. to stay at your place. I'm quite sure I've got this booking because I paid for it and I've got your confirmation of the booking, but I haven't heard from you since. Can you just confirm that I'm coming? I should never have to do that. But if I'm doing it five times in five consecutive bookings... And this is in the US, it's in England, it's in Europe. This is happening to a gazillion other people. What do you do between the booking and the stay? Yep, um, we do quite a bit and quite, and it's, it's all through text messaging, basically. <laughs> Texting is the way. And I think the reason a lot of companies do this is because we know that people's like inboxes are flooded. Their text anymore you can get advertised through through a text message. Um, people hate phone calls, so they just kind of keep it as a minimum. Hey, we did our due diligence. We sent you the confirmation letter that's on you. Like, hey, it takes two to tango. But there's a balance. You can overwhelm them, and we certainly don't want to. Every every Once in a while, you'll text a guest a standard follow-up, and you'll just get F off, and you're, you just send them a th- thumbs up. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You, we don't have to talk to you anymore. Put it in the notes. But it's so... After booking, they get the email, of course, and the email uh, has a link in it, and it's it's a uh, it, it tells them several things. It's nice, crisp, clean, very simple confirmation letter, all all the information. But it also has the link to our link tree and to check out their free Explorey tickets. So that's there for them to kind of expand on and get their imagination going. And maybe they will want to refer to that um, email at some point because it's more than just a confirmation letter. But then we also send them a text message immediately. And it's just like, hey, thanks so much for booking. If you have any questions about, and it's like Mountain Roads, Pet Friendly, Wi-Fi, or something else, just let us know right away. So there we're, we've slid into their text messages, not just to say thank you, but to be like, let us know if we can help you immediately. And we've passed off some responsibility 
documented responsibility of now that's on you to ask if the roads are good and if the Wi-Fi is good. And, and it kind of puts something in our pocket. But then when, when they give us their email address, which they have to, they're signed up to our email drip campaign. So, so they'll get those. And I, our, um, I think our emails are, are pretty good. They're not overwhelming. That's standard. But about a week before is when we send them another text and we say one week to your vacation to get you excited. And there's our link tree link. And it has all sorts of stuff there to not only help them plan, but funny videos to watch. Smoky Mountain Road Trip playlist on, on Spotify, biscuits and gravy recipe, stuff like that to get them pumped up. And uh, like just again, let us know if we can help you with anything. And then we send them a text message a day before. And I think what what's in the. I can't exactly remember what is in our text message day before, but it's like, hey, check-in is tomorrow, just a reminder, you know, so get get your ducks in a row in this way. And then on check-in day, we're sending them a video and it's me and it's just like, yeah, check-in days today. Woo. And I'm up at a cabin and I'm like, listen, hard as we try to make everything perfect for you, it's not possible, but we are here. We're in town. Give us a call. We want your vacation to be perfect. We'll come fix it for you. No use in dealing with it when we're here to fix it for you. And so I'm also like establishing a face, mm-hmm. you know, our logo's right there. I'm smiling. I'm getting excited. I'm in a cabin, so it's relatable. And I'm saying, I'm get, I'm proactive in saying we do try to be perfect, but we're not. And again, kind of passing off that responsibility of, I want to make it perfect, but that's on you to help me mm-hmm. make it perfect if, if there's something we can't predict. And so it gets people excited and then feeling a little bit more in control. And it helps them to understand that we are here. We're not like so many companies nowadays or Airbnb where you just don't know where your hosts are. We are here. And so that's the process getting them here. And then a day after check-in, we text them, hey, is everything going good? We're here for you. And largely everything goes good. But again, it's getting out ahead of them again, being like, we really are here. Like, let us help (laughs) you. Again, putting the responsibility back in their hands to let us know. And then on the day before checkout, we send them another video. This is like one of the first ones I ever made. I'm in a bear suit and I'm like, oh, it's been a you know busy day being a bear. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm sure you guys are worn out from all the fun you're having. But just a reminder, tomorrow is checkout. And then I... When I made this video, Airbnb was being drugged through the coals for having these atrocious checkout lists. So I wanted to literally act out the checkout list to show them it's just a checkout list. It's not a cleaning list. It's not a to-do list. It's like close the blinds, close the hot tub, put the thermostat on this temperature. And then I explain, we're only asking you to put the dishes in the dishwasher so it's not stinky and attract pests. And if you had a good check-in and if you had an early check-in, it's because the people who checked out did this list, you know? And so I'm educating them, getting out in front of them because so many people will be like, I didn't know I checked out today. We're proactive with that again. And just, it really is an education and giving them the responsibility saying we did our due diligence, but I'm able to have fun with it so that it is our brand at the same time. It's absolutely what people will remember. And the feedback on it has just been awesome because it's been a part of their check-in and check-out experience. I love it. I love the idea of videos. Something you you did say almost as a throwaway, you talked about an email drip campaign. Yeah. So could you just tell us what that consists of? And, you know, do you segment? Do you have different things you send to different people? Or is it just one general drip? To be totally honest with you, we have an incredible marketing company that we work with. And I leave that brilliance and science (laughs) up to them. They send me their email. They say, will you check off on this? And this is the day and time that we'd send it out to make sure I'm okay with it. And, you know, that's just to be like, maybe they're talking about our cabins. And one of the picture is a cabin that's going to be offboarded in a month, mm-hmm. remove that picture. Or I might see them. Um, it's a, it's a blog post and I think it might be more cohesive in this order. And I suggest that order. So we go back and forth to perfect it. But as far as the science of it, I don't, I don't know. But, but you are going through this drip campaign of messages. Oh, oh our uh, email campaigns are incredibly profitable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Email is big. Fantastic. I'm definitely going to, I've got to come and experience this sometime. <laughs> okay. So you got, you got happy guests. You got happy guests. Love the video ideas. Thank you. That, you know, if, if those people who are listening, video is not difficult, right? No, no. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, 
Mallory and I, I mean, we have a knack for it. You know, we have a, a we vibe very well together. And we've got our employees on board for chipping in on stuff. So like, I think we have something unique in, in that sense of bringing everybody into the video making process. But no, it's it's so easy. Y'all know how to make a video. Come on, you post things to your reels, your reels and Snapchats all the time. Y'all know how to make a video. It can be anything. That's what I've learned. Like it can be anything. It doesn't have to be any sales pitch at all. I think we we always try to cleverly make one, but we are not opposed to nonsense and just throwing our logo on at the end. <laughs> I love it. And I've seen some of your videos. They are yeah. just really, really amazing. So <laughs> Every time you think, oh man, this one might be too weird. Well, it turns out to be the best, you know, the, be- yeah. the best response yet. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Let's move on to owners. I know from 20 years of doing this that owners are the lifeblood. If we don't have the owners, the good owners of the good properties, then things can go south very, very quickly. Tell me about your owner acquisition process. It's something that came up in Vacation Rental Secrets several times. Mm -hmm. Uh, It certainly came up for me, not being intentional enough about the types of owners we took on. You mentioned something about commission. Mm-hmm. You're not interested in that race to the bottom on commission. And I'm just, that, you know, that was something that I heard of from owners who were saying, well, you know, we've, we've had two other companies around and, you know, they're, they're, they're one or two points below you on commission. What can you do? And we would mm-hmm. say, well, nothing. <laughs> suggest you go with them if that's yeah. of interest to them. So what's your take on it? So right now, at this point in time, in this in the cycle, because this, this is you know just is just a part of the cycle. Enlightening the owners on the nuances of you get what you pay for has had an incredibly positive effect for us. We are growing at a pace that I'm very happy with, and it's 100% organic. We don't have any homeowner campaigns going on right now. Everything is happening as a result of Google reviews, word of mouth through homeowners, through guests, through real estate agents who see that our cabins are clearly in better condition Mm -hmm. than the majority of our competitors, which makes us an easy recommendation. From vendors in town that we work with and nurture really good relationships with, we treat them with just as much respect as our own payroll employees. My community involvement and me getting close with the people at the chamber. When you become friends with people at the chamber, people are asking for advice on cabin rental companies. It's easy for them to suggest us. And so it's all just word of mouth and and doubling down on our high standards over the year. So end of 2020, the cycle that we're now in and, and how it'll play out, completely predictable just because of the inflation of real estate prices. Okay. And then we took 2021 to really be open-minded and questioning our commission, our systems, our processes, our standards, our competitors' systems, processes, commissions, and standards to really experience what these new homeowners are like. We took 2021 to essentially read the future. And 2021 was brutal. We didn't have our footing yet, but we were actively establishing it and learning red flags and green flags. And and so we took 2021 to read the future. But by the end of 2021, we still hadn't compromise on our commissions. And now we were confident we weren't going to, and it wasn't worth it. We were confident that with our 30%, that's what we are. We were confident with that 30%, we could run a highly successful property management company, never compromise on our brand, have everybody taken care of, homeowner, employees, property. And so we were firm with that. And at the end of 2021, we perfected. It evolves. I still change it, but we essentially perfected our documents, mm-hmm. our messaging, our branding. We knew the portfolio we wanted. We knew the, the property type and the homeowner type that we wanted. We had it established with information that we would give internal, externally and that we kept internally. We knew who we needed to be and we doubled down on it through 2022. And right on time, maintaining our commission and all the standards we pack into that and the partnership allows us to have with our homeowners, maintaining that has come full circle. And now people are actively pursuing us Mm -hmm. for that program that we built. And so, like I said, growing organically at a pace that we're just pleased with because we saw it, 
and you question yourself all the time for your predictions, but we saw it, we were right, it's happening right on time, and we're we're getting the homeowners we want and deserve. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because I think so many property managers go through this process of, you know, you start out with anyone and everything, just come on in. Yeah. I don't care, you're going to bring me money. <laughs> and what then- all of our competitors were doing, and we are like, are we fools? Are we fools right now for not doing this? Yeah. Yeah. It took us a long time to change the way we did things and to say, okay, we're in the driving seat. We're in the driving seat here. We tell you what's going to happen, how we're going to manage it. We don't compromise on contracts and we don't make little changes in the contracts because you'd like us to. Other companies will do that. So we don't compromise. I love that approach. It certainly was one that worked for us. Okay. I wanted to, you mentioned community involvement and that's I'm, I'm hearing that more and more from people. You mentioned the, the chamber. My friend Tyanne Marsink talks about this going way, way back at her start off with Branson Family Retreats, that she just joined the chamber and she became a driving force in the chamber. And she says exactly what you did. <laughs> so she knew everybody in the chamber office and in the tourism department and in the tourism office that was open to the public. Mm-hmm. So if somebody came in, looking for something, they're not going to send people to, well, they might just send people to the rack, but they're going to start out with the people they know. Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned that was working for you. And I'd like to sort of step back a bit and say, how did that, how did that start? And how is it being maintained? So I had the light bulb moment at one of Matt Landau's Keystone retreats last summer. They were asking, what, what do you, what's your next great leap? Like, what do you want it to be? And I knew my next great leap was community involvement for a few reasons, but I felt I had really helped to build something beautiful with my company and it built on itself and, and it it took care of itself. My people were taking care of each other. They got it. They get it. They're with me. I felt like I could step away from the office a little bit more and start spending time in my community. So they that was my light bulb moment that I, I was ready to make that leap and it needed to be one of the first things on my to-do list when I left that retreat and went back home was get out in the community, do, do something, just get my name out there. But the motivation for that is just as a vacation rental company, short-term rental company, it is easy to be seen as a problem to the community. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to feel like a problem to the community because we're essentially opening the floodgates to all these strangers coming into our town I mean, hospitality, tourism, that is the industry here. Without it, there's nothing over here, right? But 2020, 2021, 2022, the amount of just homes being turned into vacation rentals, Mm -hmm. the amount of land being flattened to build more vacation rentals. Our market is oversaturated. Short-term rentals grew by 2020, 20%, over 20% in like a single year. It's easy to be seen as and to feel like the enemy of a community that when you're off the main roads and you're on the back roads is small town. Mm-hmm. We don't have very many citizens. It's just like a few thousand and, and it's small town and it's Southern and they truly do value Southern hospitality. And there's a lot of history here, be it starting in the 1800s with like the first settlers to the Cherokee, the, our ancient history here. We have so much history here on this beautiful land that has the most flora. These mountains have the most flora of anywhere else in the world. We have just a beautiful, extensive spectrum of fauna over here. I mean, the land is beautiful. The land is a blessing. The The history we have is a blessing. Like I want to protect my community and I can only do that through getting to know it intimately and understanding how my position can benefit my community. And so after that retreat, I just started anybody I knew. I just let my intentions be known like, hey, I'm interested in uh, in involvement, be it like an association, an alliance, the chamber. Like I'm interested in involvement. And it didn't take long at all for somebody to be like, oh, the Pigeon Forge Chamber of Commerce does like an ambassador program. And so we, we just got connected. I took on this ambassador program at the beginning of this year. And I work on behalf of the Pigeon for I volunteer on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce. And then I have like 20 something member businesses that I have to visit quarterly. And so it taught me how to just walk into a business on a weekday and talk. And so 
I did that on behalf of the chamber. I wanted to start doing that on behalf of me and antebellums and our people and what we wanted to do personally. And so now my community involvement also looks like I just did this on Wednesday. I just went into the Glades Arts and Crafts District over here and just started visiting people I know and introducing myself to new businesses and telling them Ani Bellum's Cabin Rentals. And uh, now when I go in and I get a good vibe, I'm like, hey, I'm in, an, and I'm in a position to send people your way. Would you be interested in giving my guests a discount? And then I just plug myself in. I plug my guests in. Everybody benefits. <laughs> and then this Glades Arts and Crafts District, this is the essence of the Smoky Mountains. We are a tourism destination because loggers would come to this area to log and they fell in love. Basically, short-term rentals a hundred something years ago, you'd have to rent out a room in somebody's cabin and somebody's home. And they'd see that like you made everything that you had and they saw it as novel and they would buy it off of them and take it home. And then the locals were like, people are willing to buy this. And then so the next time the loggers came back, the road that took them into the mountains, they had little, uh, they were set up with, with baskets and pottery and jams and quilts. So we grew, people wanted more of that to see the mountains and to buy this stuff. It quickly became a tourism destination. And now that all that arts and crafts is in what's called the Glades Arts and Crafts community, but it doesn't really know how to advertise itself well. And it's very traditional. There's a lot of old blood Mm -hmm. running Glades Arts and Crafts. So there's some pushback on modernizing in the way that it does advertise itself because it doesn't want to be overrun the whole vibe monetized essentially the vibe is because they are mm -hmm. and so it's just this beautiful glades arts and crafts area that i want generations to return to i want people to get a kick out of i want them to get away from the commercialism i love the commercialism it helps it helps me mm -hmm. but i want them to get away from that and experience the community because if they're experiencing the community they'll want to protect the community and so i'm using my position to get my guests little discounts and specials in these communities, in these pockets with these businesses that I feel like are the Smoky Mountains. And again, everybody benefits. And so that's my grassroots community involvement is just I love it. My boots through a front door. Yeah, I, I love that. I know the area, sort of the old Walland Highway, that area, yeah. there's, there's so many of these little stores going mm -hmm. down there, you know, between Walland and Townsend and just... Oh. Beautiful. Just yeah. love it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and you walk in there and you just, you know, this is this is how it used to be. Yeah, right. It feels very old school. Yeah. 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 We've sort of touched on some of the things that you use. You know, you use a, clearly a digital marketing company because they're doing your email campaigns. Um, you mentioned Explory. What else? What, what's in your tech stack? Because you did mention, you have mentioned in the past that you just have a very small tech stack. Yes. Yes. Incredibly. It's still just our property management software, Brightside because they do about just about everything. I mean, we use we uh, we use QuickBooks for our trust accounting, which we actually like keeping separate from our property management software because it makes us more agile should anything mm -hmm. happen. And then our texting platform. And then, I mean, I use a, like I said, I use a link tree just to, to, to have our TikTok and YouTube and, and um, explore stuff and discounts all in one place. But I mean, that's it. That you know, Instagram. I have access to Instagram. I have, I love our TikTok is like my favorite thing to do. But I mean, that is that considered part of the tech stack? I don't know. <laughs> Brightside is yep. a texting platform, and so so does Brightside cover your operations management as well? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's reservations. It builds out our integrations with like Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com. Should we want to mm -hmm. work with them? anybody? It builds out all those integrations. It is our work orders and oh, it's our key data dashboard. It's marketing reports. It's, it is accounting reports. It's homeowner statements. I mean, it's everything. It leaves us wanting for nothing. Perfect. And if I have an idea of like, hey, Right. I would love to do this for antebellums. This isn't a fix what's broken sort of thing. Like it's, I, I would love this, but right now I'd have to corporate in like another company or take on this whole task myself. Is this something that y'all could do and build out? And sometimes they, they can like this. And sometimes they take a year or so, but they just are receptive. And if they think, oh, if one property management company can benefit from it, all can. 
they'll they expedite it and they, again they just leave us wanting for for nothing and they are working on getting text messages directly through brightside which would be great because it could directly link our reservations mm-hmm. to our texting and and not have it in two different places they are working on that um but i'm not in a, a, a rush to fix what's broken but they're trying to be everything they continue always continue I, I love the fact you mentioned that uh, ignoring free demo offers was a mistake so Clearly, you you like to do the demos. Um, I like to. It's a way to get to know people. You're yeah. going to see those people at conferences. It's so it's a way to get to know people. There's a very high likelihood we've come across each other on LinkedIn in some way, shape, or form, or somebody I know knows them. So yeah, it's it helps me to network. That's community involvement in a sense. <laughs> and then I just learn what's out there, what my options are. Do I need? something that I didn't know I needed, or are we doing things exactly as we should be? It just offers a tremendous amount of perspective. I don't love them. No, but I like, I like to get to know people and learn people. And many a times I'm just like, Hey, you know what? Not in the headspace for this, for this meeting later today. Are you okay to, to reschedule? Because I'm always upfront saying, I don't need this product, but if you are interested in sharing your time, I'd, I'd like to get to know yeah. you and end it. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that approach. I really do. And it's a good segue, actually, into last question, which is about conferences and networking, because this is where it all started for you, really, yeah. in terms of getting to know people in this industry. Just backtrack a bit to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in 2021. Okay. So I would say I was asleep at this point in time. I'm not really asleep. I was I was in the trenches. I had my head down. I was in the sauce. This was 2021. So again, I was doing we were doing our best to try and figure out what's going on with this industry, with our market, with the cycle. We were trying to read the future in 2021. So I was in it. And for that reason, I was like, I need to plug in and get involved with these conferences. And I knew I knew enough people at this point who were going to the conferences. And I'd been to a Verma and I'd been to a ResFest, which I really enjoyed. But I was looking for what conference to do beyond just Verma in 2021, which we finally were able to do stuff again, you know, after after the quarantine. And so, I mean, Vacation Rental Women's Summit, it's everything I love. It's Vacation Rentals, female empowerment. I knew of Amy Hynote. She'd come to Gatlinburg and done like VRM Intel before, VRM Intel Live. And uh, she was very well respected. And I think I knew somebody who had been before and they were like, this is epic. These are actually (laughs) really awesome. And so, I mean, it was just like, duh. And uh, I told my dad, I was like, this is what what I'm doing. My dad's the owner of Andy Bellum's Cabin Rentals. And because I'd never really asked for much investment in me before, in Mm -hmm. my growth before. I was trying to grow everybody else. So I, I told him what I would be doing, that this was for my growth. And anyway, I went, it was just me. Uh, my sister wasn't in the business yet. And uh, my dad wasn't very interested in the women's summit. I don't know why. And uh, so it was just me. And uh, Amber Hurdle was doing the keynote. And I had actually seen her before because I think Amy had hired her in Velvet Machete to do something with the VRM Intel that was in Gallenberg. My memory serves me correctly. So I was like, oh, I kind of recognized her, which got me a little excited. And I was chatting with the people at my table. But Amber Hurdle's keynote was just out of this world. And she was just painting the picture of men find it so easy to take chances and take risks. They always seem to have like 100% confidence in themselves. And then even when they fail, it's so easy for them to clean it off and move on, you know, whereas women were calculated. We think about things. We like to be very intentional before we do things. And there are strengths and weaknesses in that. But where where we do, it is easy to find weaknesses with women so often is that we are not inherently on each other's team and supporting each other. And in fact, we can get very, very catty and very competitive. And you combine that with, you know, our lack of confidence going forward sometimes. It can be a recipe for disaster. So she was, she got out in front of that to just be like, you've got to destroy that norm. We are all here together, women of our industry. You will never experience a safer environment. You will never, it'll be hard to experience a more empowering environment. So we're all here doing the same thing with the same intentions. Show love to each other, social support to each other, get each other hyped up because this industry is better when the women are better together. Oh, she just nailed it. And then 
she ended on something. I can't remember the line. And then a gospel choir busted the door <laughs> yes. and start singing. So it just turned into like this next level experience. You know, we're, we're champagne brunch. It's gorgeous. I mean, Amy just doing it up, making <laughs> us feel like pure royalty. And it, so it just got it started on the most epic note. We were all equally collectively excited and ready to support each other and just chit chat and talk and like no boundaries And that was the feeling from the whole thing. And Explorey had invited me to be on a panel. I'd never been on a panel before. They invited me to be on a panel about guest experience. And um, I was with Sarah Bradford, Alex Huesner, oh, and a couple others I'm forgetting right now. And I had met Alex before, but suffice it to say, it was a good crowd to be sharing a stage with. And as nervous as I was, it kind of came natural to, to talk in front of people and to share my experience and to riff off of the people you were with. So then I got a taste for talking to the people and sharing my experience. And I really liked it. And so people were coming up to me just to ask questions about the guest experience or to say, I like that you did this. I like that you did that. And I started establishing connections, getting phone numbers. I did, It just changed the way I thought about how to do my day to day. Oh, a big one was, hey, are you on LinkedIn? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they were like, you're crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) Get on LinkedIn. And of course, then that was Pandora's box. So I had connections from the Women's Summit. Those connections were helping me make more connections. The algorithms were at work. And I just started just getting to know people. And I realized, oh, my gosh, people are just as lovely. They love to love. They're passionate. If We've got great senses of humor. We like to have a good time, eat and drink and be together. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go 200% into this. Oh, and then there was something else. I give Amber Hurdle a hard time for this. I went to one of her speeches, and that was the real game changer for me and how I think about myself and what I'm capable of. Because she said something like, if you, if you just something about taking things to the next level or really improving yourself, you can't do it with your same old, same old Ford engine. You need a Ferrari engine. And I've told her this many times before. I thought that was like the, one of the tackiest things I'd ever heard. It rubbed me the wrong way instantly, but I never forgot it. And within about a month, I was like, okay, okay, but hold on. I can put a Ferrari engine in my Ford body, my Ford truck body, and then I can be who I want to be. So like, you know, I wear the hat. I stay pretty casual. I stay who I am, but I'm always focusing on the the next thing. So the Women's Summit, just so many light bulb moments that day. And it was because of the, the environment that Amy Hynote nurtures. Well, I think if Amy wanted a, a single promotion for the Vacation Rental Women's Summit that will take place in Nashville in December of this year, then that is it. <laughs> so there will be link to the summit in the show notes so uh, you know i'm encouraging and i'm sure you are too lauren anybody that's listening male or female to register for the women's summit and it's going to be awesome this year and of course it leads straight into the darm conference so, you know, come for four days, come for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe it's Friday as well. Yeah, come for the duration. Well, I've booked in right through Monday to Friday. It's going to be pretty awesome again this year. Yeah, and let's give Amy a round of applause for having them be back to back. Thank God, you know, you don't have to be <laughs> yes. here and then hustle here. Like, that's so awesome. She's classy move on her part for that. Abs- but yeah, absolutely. If you guys are into the idea of empowerment within vacation rentals, not some passive experience, but truly like em- empowerment of passion within vacation rentals, it's the Women's Summit. That's that's the one. Lauren, your passion just shines. I'm sure anybody listening to this is going away from it feeling a lot better than they were when they came in to listening to yeah. this. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's It's been a long time coming and... I, you know, I keep saying, Laura Madewell, I've really got to get her on the show. And, you know, I'm so glad we've had this opportunity. I can't wait to meet you face to face in November. That is going to be awesome. I do believe that Amber's going to be headlining again. So that is uh, something to look forward to. I saw her in Miami at the Book Direct show last November, and she appeared in these gold boots And she strutted down onto the stage. And then, of course, there was the music as well. 
that came hmm. after. And everybody's, you know, this is the opening, the opening, and then everybody's up and dancing. <laughs> and what a great way of starting a conference. So hopefully, hmm. hopefully that's going to be reenacted. And, uh, and I will see you there. I'll see you at the Women's Summit. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Look forward to that hug. I would not be missing that one. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining. It's been such a pleasure having you with me. Thanks for giving me a place to pour my heart out, Heather. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That must be among my top, my favorite interviews ever. What a star Lauren is. And as I said at the beginning, she is really bridging this gap between the the, the people who've been in this industry for decades and those who are just upcoming. And then there is Lauren, who is bringing the enthusiasm of of youth and, and just so much inspiration. But yet she is drawing on knowledge and experience that she's had from over the years and that she's got from other people as well. So that to me is the epitome of the modern property manager. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me. Okay, folks, that is it for another week. I hope you are already catching on to The Tipping Point, which is the episode of the podcast that now goes out every Monday morning. And that episode is all about education. It's 10 minutes, maybe 12 minutes at most. And the purpose of it is to bring you bite-sized pieces of education on a specific topic. So if you have not subscribed yet to the podcast or with The Tipping Point, as well as the podcast, you can find them on YouTube as well. Please go to our YouTube channel and check out, you know, check out The Tipping Point on YouTube because when I'm recording, I'm able to use images as well. And because it's a teaching series, then we do have slides and I do have graphics that illustrate what we're talking about. And it's not going to be me every week. It's going to be different people. You'll be hearing from my son, my business partner, Mike, who is a safety expert. You'll be hearing from our other business partner, Jason, who is an expert in digital marketing. Plus, you're going to be hearing from some really great experts in this industry, many of whom have already been on the podcast where I've interviewed them, but they're going to come back and just deliver some great nuggets over a period of 10 minutes. You'll go away with some clear action points. And for every episode, there is a download, which it might be a checklist or a workbook or even a course. So we're going to be bringing you massive value with the tipping point. So please subscribe. Well, that's it for another week. Thank you so much for for being with me. I'm heading out to enjoy some full sunshine and colours. They're really coming into their own right now. And I'll be with you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.